Oh, they're recording. <laughs> I wasn't recording yet. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Mike, he's in the studio. He rips in here. Mate, I think we should do a fucking podcast about football <laughs> and about how amazing it is what they've been able to build. We're about to hit record and he says, oh, who, who won the World Cup? <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. This will be very, very interesting. Yeah. I Something's don't... caught your eye, obviously. Yep, it did. And it shocked me, actually. Shocked me, man, the man. Um... I'm not a. I I actually played. Well, for the sake, of, I don't know soccer, football. I was taught it was soccer when I was younger, but it is football now by by the sounds of it. But um, I played when I was younger, a wee lad in winter on the icy fields of Medill's farm, and um, I think I played quite a bit actually, um, and enjoyed it. But the thing that caught my eye, because I don't play it anymore and I don't watch it, I've never watched it really was I saw, I opened my Instagram this this morning and it was like 4 billion eyes on the World Cup. Really? Yeah. And I was like, shit, I'm part of the other 3 billion that didn't watch it. What a loser. Yeah. Um, But that caught my eye and I was like, wow. And my brain straight away went to like, how has something got that big that it's got to 4 billion basically participants, you know? Um and like I said to you, I don't really give a fuck about the FIFA whole side of it. That sounds like there's a big corrupt organization going on there. I'm not talking about FIFA, the organization. I'm talking about the sport and the sport of football or the sport of soccer. And um, yeah, it was interesting. My brain was like, hmm, I wonder how you can get 4 billion people into something. And I started thinking and I thought, um, naturally, humans love competition um, we are always trying to win at something, so that's a great thing. I think the level of simplicity of the game, without trying to offend anyone, um, it's f- the easiest game to understand in the world. You know, if I turn on, you know, the NFL in America, I need a, I need to do a diploma yep. to figure out, the, you know, how the strategy works and the timeouts and everything. Soccer, it's like one team versus the other. There's the goal. You got to kick that dog in there. <laughs> you know, it's literally simplicity is a big factor in growing something to a four billion eyes. Yep. Um, I think the fact because of its simplicity, I don't think language is a barrier, so it can be played in any country. Everyone understands it. Um, and I think I think the barrier for entry is extremely low. Um, a sixty-five-year-old can go out with their two-year-old grandson and teach them how to kick a ball in the backyard. So that's a gigantic spread of, of an age range. Um, chicks and dudes can play. You know, like there's no there's no gender bias in terms of being able to understand it, play it, all of that type of thing. Like if you're a mum, you can teach your kid. You can teach your kid how to kick a ball, you know, like it's mm. not. So I think there's a whole lot of things there that, make it super, super accessible as a sport. Um, and then it's just got like the, 
fundamentals of human nature built into it, which are, you know, competition, desire to win. I do think that um, it probably being a team sport helps a little bit because if you're two years old, not many two-year-olds are like, oh, can I, they're out, they're out there, and Tiger Woods was one of them, but not many two-year-olds are like, oh, I want to go pl- play a round of golf on Sunday by myself. But like two-year-olds naturally want to be around people, you know, and there's like a friendship thing and a relationship building and all of that kind of stuff's built into it, like by design. Um, so yeah, I think if I wanted to build a company that sold to four billion dollars, uh, four billion people, I would build soccer. Nice, but, yeah, because I'd be like, everyone can enter. Mm. The balls are twenty bucks. You've got to park down the road. Off you go. Those balls are fucking expensive when you get into like the. The big dog leagues too. I'd well, love to everything know. gets like that, right? Yeah, I'd love to know what yeah. the margins in a football would be. They must be nuts. Yeah, yeah. Not as much as your Gucci Sunnies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I got them here. They're up here too. Oh, nice. Yeah, you have to show you, mate. I have to show you off pod. Um, yeah, I guess Kiwis, I reckon, have probably really struggled to understand this World Cup because we football's not our um, our national sport as such, right? Like mm. everyone loves given that All Blacks are risty and now the, the female <laughs> team and like, hey, that's all good and well, but this World Cup and football absolutely shits on rugby as an international sport. Mm-hmm. And to four billion people, that is, man, that is, that's nearly, that's half the world, isn't it? I think, I think we've just gone past eight billion. Something like that. So I think the other part, like, some some differences where where it comes back to barrier for entry into the game that it just outcompetes rugby every day of the week is like you know if I'm if I'm mum and I have a little young boy of course I'm going to let him go play soccer because mm. like it's very obvious that even the guys that get hurt are faking it yeah that's punishing you know like so they're not actually getting hurt you know you snap an ankle now and then but what the shit like <laughs> rugby. Maybe. You're going into a war, like you are going to tr- on purpose collide, as running as fast as you can with someone. Yeah, it's quite different for like a mum with a young kid to allow to go do, you know. Yeah. So I think that barrier is like it just smokes rugby. Rugby's never going to be able to be as big as soccer ever. No, because they can't access the children at two, three, four, five years old. Do you know who the I don't know if this is the main advertising or sponsorship partner for football in New Zealand, but do you know who it is? No, I know nothing about it, mate. Okay. Yeah. I'm fairly sure it's McDonald's. For football? Yeah. So they say we are New Zealand's biggest, uh, football's biggest fan, something like that. That's smart because it's probably the most, the highest played sport by under 10 year olds in the country. Boom. And I think even in rugby, well, I, I think it's in, any sport, they'll give away vouchers to the man of the match and for mm. like, you know... Genius, eh? Good sportsmanship and shit. Yeah. And people want to go to... Yeah. I was talking about this with Taz the other day. She's like, are you going to let your kids do something? I can't remember. I was like, they won't be going to McDonald's. She's like, well, what's wrong with that? I'm like, it's fucking just shit food. Yeah. It's literally horrific. She's like, just because you used to have a problem with it. Yeah. I was like, no, I used to just eat it to try and 
get more colours in, but I'm like, it's just Ladies junk. and gentlemen, Luke's going to have a kid, and when he or she wins man of the match at soccer and he gets his $100 bloody <laughs> McDonald's voucher, Luke's going to swap it out for an apple and say, get in the back seat, yeah. little shit. I'll say, you know what we can do? <laughs> we can go to Daddy's work and we can do an hour of extra mahi. We can do some extras. We might even do some warm downs after. Some sprints. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, okay, here's here's an interesting take for you, mate. I watched an interview with a bloke um, called Sir John Key. Not overly familiar with him, but apparently used to run the country. Mm. Uh, he's a sir these days, and he said this, look, you know, I, I, I was analysing it, and I actually can't do his voice, can I? There's <laughs> three ways to get rich effectively and get mega rich. And one of them, he said, was you basically become exceptionally talented at something that you do. Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan. Well, that's interesting that your brain, because most Kiwis would be like, oh, Richie McCaw, Dan Carter. And he basically said, you know, no disrespect to those guys, but in a global scale, they don't, yeah. And he said, then the second way, you could be a business person. He's like, I researched the the rich list and whatnot. And he said, again, like, it's very hard. And he's like, there's one in a million people that come along, like Rod Duke and build out of Briscoes and whatnot. Third way. Easiest way. <laughs> property. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, you know, that's um, why they're, they're focused on property yep. and, and doing their thing. But, you know, a, a Kiwi's thermostat of wealth, you would go, fuck, I heard um, Dan Dan Carter or one of these All Blacks goes to plays in Japan, they got paid a million bucks. Like, that's un, that, that's ridiculous. But What that, about the group from Dunedin who sells out stadiums now after playing on their roof? There we go. Yeah. And but you then look at these footballers overseas, and you realise how much money they make, and you go, oh, some okay. of the numbers are astonishing, eh? Yeah, like it's mind blowing for me because I think we come from a country where earning a shitload of money isn't something that you can like. It's fucking hard to do. Mm. It's not very easy. And even when we look at All Blacks and think they make a lot of money, they like they don't compared to mm. globally I've, other sports. I've heard all sorts of stories for, through the financial rabbit holes that I've been down about buying and selling teams like franchises and stuff. And, um, you know, they basically become inflation hedges for the, for the ultra wealthy. Wow. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Yeah. It becomes a store of wealth to own it. Ah. Um, and even if they can run it like small losses and stuff and pay these giant salaries to these players and everything, um, it's more about, just storing it for 10 years and moving it on to the next billionaire that can afford to buy it and stuff like that. Yeah, it's crazy. And someone comes along and they love that sport and they literally know they'll pay for it. Another fucking planet these guys are on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I went to the gym this morning uh, after the final had just finished and it was still on and they were doing the presentation and stuff and and everyone was in the gym. Like, it was quiet. Mm. Are people not in the gym because of the final or are they finished for the year? You know, everyone was loosely talking about it in some way, shape, or form. And, of course, Messi wins. He is a global megastar. And I saw, leading into the final, his jersey, number 10, Messi on the back, sold out worldwide. Wow. Like, nowhere is there a jersey that you can buy. That's because there's 4 billion customers, mate. Mm. Insane. It's nuts. It's pretty cool. Like, I am, yeah, I don't watch it or anything. I didn't even watch any of this. But I find it fascinating, eh? Yeah. It's very interesting to me that this has happened with football and soccer. And then it made me realise, this. I actually realised this a little while ago, I hadn't even thought about this, but have you ever seen anyone rolling around with an All Blacks jersey on with their number and their name? Yeah. No. Not their own name. 
No, like a Carter or a Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, in football... All Blacks don't have their names on the back. No. Yeah. Why not? Missing a massive trick. Because look at that. You can... A Messi, 10. I love that guy. I'll I tell you what it is, him. mate. It's probably a little bit unfair in New Zealand because Dan Carter would sell more jerseys. <laughs> so you don't want to be harsh on the other team members. Maybe. Right? Yeah? Yeah. But yeah. no, I think I think it actually ties back to uh, a disagreement between the players' union and the broader NZ really? rugby. I don't. Yeah, it's a it's a politics type thing. No shit. One of I reckon that one of Fuck the we need to, some people in power that know how to negotiate a flipping DLA. Yeah, well, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it ties back to. But like, you look at that as an example. Messi ten. You know, when I was growing up, I, I feel like there were names and numbers back in the day when I was a kid on hmm. rugby jerseys. But you can't go into a Rebel, buy you an All Blacks jersey no. and be like, no, I want the... Um, Just the number, eh? Yeah, I want the Barrett one. I want the, the Bodie Barrett jersey. Where's that fucking thing at? You can get a number, but no names. And I think, man, that's such a missed opportunity because this is like it doesn't make any sense. They ask a young kid in the street leading into the um, World Cup final, who's your favourite player? They all have an answer. Mm. So like, wouldn't we want to then... Monetise that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or am I just a sicko and think like a business person? No, but, well, that's kind of yeah how I think too. But all that all that does is it just flows money straight back through the game. Yeah, because they just can't wait to go and turn up to soccer on Sunday morning in their new messy top. Yeah, exactly. And that's mm. where I think, again, football has a competitive advantage over uh, They something. do seem to be able to do it better, eh? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely some dirty stories around, like... The fights at the last World Cup and shit, I think, like in the streets and yeah. the brawls and the drinking and then FIFA, the organisation itself, sounds like it's got some bloody... Dodgy. Yeah, some dark shit going on, Yeah, you know, in the cupboard, but... Um, we'll have to take you next year, mate. There's actually the Women's World Cup mm-hmm. is in New Zealand. Soccer. Yeah. Football. Football. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go away. What? <laughs> Come on, mate. I'll take you to a game. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, man. 2023 Women's World Cup. It might be like an under... Um, Just so you guys know, Luke's going into his calendar and sending me the invite now. Yeah. <laughs> Block it out of my diary. Yeah, Australia <laughs> and New Zealand, mate. We combine, host it. We'll get you along. It's going to be hosted in nine cities, 20th of July to 20th of August. Mate, the housing market will still be fucked by then. You have nothing yeah. to do. <laughs> is, it, is it in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah. Okay, we'll go to an Aussie game. Oh, you want to go to Australia? Yeah. <laughs> It's on the back doorstep, mate. We've got to support them because <laughs> people probably won't go. They're like, oh, no, nah, I'd rather go to an NPC game or something like that. Hey, which is fair enough. That's what I you don't want know. To do. I feel like a lot of people have been talking about it. Oh, like, that's good. One of our brokers was talking to me about it all week, and I was like, mate, honestly, I don't give a fuck. Oh, about the football World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, but it'll die. Like, this is key, classic Kiwi bandwagoners, and then it'll, like, oh, the, you mm. know, next, by next week it'll be over. But you'll search up Argentinian FIFA World Cup party. Live and you go on Facebook and they'll still be bending, I reckon, in, in Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Next year, yeah. It was a big shame that we didn't make it as a country into the World Cup. I think that would have been like it would have been really good for football because a they would have secured some extra funding, I'd imagine, uh, but also it would have given Kiwi something to get in behind. Mm. You probably didn't see, but Australia made the World Cup and they actually did quite well. They played above their sort of expectations of a lot of people, and they were saying, I think, in Melbourne hey, could you please play this in the public area so that we can all come along and watch their games and they're like five in like the morning. fan zone type things. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they're basically like, oh, we don't think there'd be enough people interested. And so then they did do something and fucking tens of thousands of people turned up mm. in pitch black to watch their national team. 
Mm. Like there is just something about football. I think football is more of a religion. They've done a very good job at sort of like putting it into um, that sort of category. See, that's what I was saying just before. I honestly think maybe, maybe and maybe marketing um, and money and, and capitalism has really tried to, you know, really puff that side of it up and, and turn it into a bit of a religion and, and a passion for people. But I believe that, you know, when you see videos of, like, the poorest villages in the world, there's kids in, like, the little, like, areas playing, kicking around a ball. Mm. I honestly think that because it's, like, one of the lowest barriers of entry and it's fun and kids can work it out in 30 seconds flat what they need to do, have competition and build, you know, relationships and things like that. It's just, it's almost natural. Yeah. And I think that it becomes a part of everyone's life when you've got something that's that epic. Yep. Um, and then it becomes, and then, you know, certain places are like, there's always people around, no matter what environment you put them in, that are like, I, I want I want to win. I like this feeling of winning. I'm going to do better. And then I'm going to go to the next town over and win over there. And then it becomes a thing. And then, then it gets monetized. And, you know, then you get countries like Brazil and shit where it's like literally all they care about. Football um, is life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, now Argentina. <laughs> mm. You know, well, there's a there's plenty of countries that just, like, live and breathe it. And I, th- I honestly believe that, eh? And I think um, it's a good thing. I think it's it's a good thing to have the sport for the world, even yeah. though Mikey doesn't watch it. Yeah, it definitely brings people together. I, I grew up playing football, and I still enjoy kicking a ball around. Mm. A couple of summers ago, we'd go, me and a few mates, and we'd go after work, and we'd just kick a ball around in the domain. And you could just about guarantee with football-type people that you can meet complete strangers, and if they're doing the exact same thing, they'll be like, oh, can we join in, or do you mm. want to have a, a game? And you end up playing football with just complete strangers, yep. and then you're fucking brothers for the, you know, half yep. an hour that you play. And I think that's I think that's the same thing. Um, again, it's like it's like uh, it's a universal language because it's because of its simplicity and it's very under, easy to understand the rules, or because almost everyone learns it when you're a kid, and it hasn't really changed over the over the time of you know my life. It's always been the same. It's not like rugby where they change scrums and all that shit. It gets technical. and yeah. The basics are very, very similar. And you can do it with anyone. So if you're down in the park and someone's kicking a ball and then you, they're kicking a ball, you're going to end up trying to kick goals against each other, you know? Like it's mm. just, it's almost nature. It's like gamified. So, it, yeah. yeah, it really, it really, uh, I don't know who invented it. I'm sure we can find that out, mate. Yeah. Um. Who invented football? Shit, I need to get better at typing on this iPad. <laughs> but it's a very, it's one of the few really simple sports, I believe, that is just a genius combination, eh? The Chinese were the first to get their kicks by kicking balls into nets for sport in the 3rd century BC. And the game known globally as football was formalised in England in the 19th century, but the predecessor of most modern ball games can be found in the Americas. Fucking hell, we might have to do so a So the whole world that, invented mate. it by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then this one says, thought is, uh, football was thought to date back as far as 2500 BC when the Greeks, Egyptians, Chinese and Romans played games involving a ball and feet. That sounds like a World Cup. Who knows, eh? Mm. Uh, oh, okay. In 1888, the Football League was founded in England. 
um, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a phenomenal sport, and like you say, it's simple. It doesn't change much. It brings people together. They've figured out the the financial side of it. Obviously, people want to be involved with it. They've mm. created some sort of culty, religiously type feel. Mm. Um, we are like people are. We we don't have it in New Zealand, but I reckon you watch people in the crowd and they're crying when their team loses, and they're so invested in it. And mm. what I I watched a, a documentary about um, a team called Sunderland, and they're pretty shit house, and they keep going down the grades and stuff, but. The players would talk about how that town, that's what people would go and make their money to have, to be able to buy a season pass to go watch the team. Mm. And that's what they would do every weekend at every home game. And the players would know when they lost, they felt really bad because they're like, well, they don't have to be spending this money on us, but they choose to. And that was is basically like a way of their life. They would go to work. It's fucking hard work. The excess cash they would use to be able to go watch the football. That was what they brought into. That was part of their identity. And then they roll back to work on the Monday, go again. And mm. so many places in England, like that's that's what it is. And it's a little bit similar with rugby league, with the Warriors and stuff. It's kind of that working class type uh, people who that's what they're using their disposable income for. Football, I think, is probably a bit more affluent maybe and even sort of rugby at a higher level and stuff like that but in um the uk and whatnot that is that's their life yeah it's crazy man just such a genius invention eh? i just compare it to like my mortgage business for example similar like yeah (laughs) and i'm like wow i've got so much more like barriers for entry eh? like owning a home is just you can't do it at two years old your mum can't teach you how to do it in the backyard. Like yeah. you can't go and like get your deposit, which is buying the soccer ball for twenty bucks down at like the warehouse. Like I'm just like, man, like I can never get to four billion people. Mm. Like I it makes me think of these things. I'm like, something might pop up one day and I and it comes into my head, but I'm like, wow, that is one of the few way. Eh? Yeah. You know, and, and it's the same as like like Facebook. Facebook genius. Um all you needed was like a name and an email address and a password that was your barrier to entry and it connects you with everyone around the world. Yeah. And very simple to use, like the you know, UX is easy, just open it, scroll through it, you know, over time. I think Facebook was better years ago than it is now, but mm. yeah, it's it's interesting, eh? Like these makes me think this low barrier for entry stuff's really important. I think it's something you can take into into business if you learn how to use it correctly. Yeah, um, and then yeah, then the rest is just fucking geniuses and capitalism again, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you love the c word, eh? Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Just, it's it's where everything good comes from. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. There's been fuck knows how many games of the FIFA World Cup 2022. It's come to a close with Messi and Argentina being able to lift the trophy and fulfil the dreams of their nation and the late Maradona when the last time they won the World Cup, I think that's right, and Mikey comes into the studio, didn't even watch a single game, (laughs) has no idea who won it, but wants to tell us all how amazing football is, and we look forward to getting a group together to go to the Women's World Cup in 2023, where Mikey will happily shout you your ticket and host you... (laughs) Actually... At Eden Park. We could give away two tickets to the Women's World World Cup. Cup next year. Yeah, okay. We'll do our bit. Yeah. 
All right, I'll make a note of that. We'll make a note of that team, and when we get closer to the time, you can probably just have my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be it'll be compulsory. No, I'll be there. It'll be compulsory that you have to come. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you in the halftime challenge or something as yeah. well. What's Mikey I can, doing? I can actually kick a decent ball, eh? Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was when I was a kid, like Dad. That was one of the first things I got taught how to kick a ball decently. Nice. So I could, I could, yeah, I can. Yeah, I could kick one the whole field out in the goal. Oh, here we go. Yeah, get me on the halftime show, boy. <laughs> okay, now, radio. If anyone wants to see Mikey try and ping a ball eighty odd meters, um, I'll I'll pay for the tickets. I'll shout ten people if you can kick it. Well, on the full or rolling by the time it stops. I don't think I could get it there on the full, but it might still be bouncing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could probably kick it the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, right. Good stuff, mate. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, the inspiration <laughs> from the World Cup. I was looking forward to asking you about what your favourite <laughs> games were, but <laughs> we'll save that for the real fans. Oh, dear. <laughs>